everyone, I'm Cheryl McNeil Fisher. Dr. Kathy King and I want you to know you are important to us. We are thrilled that you're here with us today for another episode of Writing Works Wonders. Welcome to Writing Works Wonders. We're so pleased you're with us for this exceptional audio prompting workshop with Annie Chiapetta. First, don't miss the Writing Works Wonders weekly writing prompts. These are terrific creativity boosts. Writers of all skill levels are enjoying them, and so are we. You have several ways to find the weekly prompts, and if you like, share your responses. Go to writingworkswonders.com and then click Contact Us. You will find information about the writing prompts. You can see the weekly writing prompts there, and you can enter your responses as a comment. Other submission options include email, phone, or text. We want to rev up your writing creativity. They can also be delivered to your inbox weekly. Just sign up for the writing prompt and our Zoom link. Same place, writingworkswonders.com. Contact us. You'll find all the details. If you want to read your writing prompt on the air today, please raise your hand. We want to encourage your writing success. I'm Dr. Kathy King, and I'm so pleased to introduce you to my fabulous co-host, Cheryl McNeil Fisher. Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Kathy. Hi, everybody. I'm so glad you're here with us today. Our prompt this week was the cat or the dog or whatever animal you choose, but it just knew. What does it anticipate or what is it thinking about? What is your response to this prompt? Thank you, Cheryl. First person up is Marlene. This is an excerpt from a ballad, and the title is Faithful Dog. A distinct smell permeates the air, but humans take no notice without care. They do not have my keen sense of smell that alerts me to nature's tell. The scent of rain lurks thick in the air. It will guard the celebration there. A bark to signal alert to my humans. Once the rain pours, they are too busy with their friends. Once the rain pours, there's no doubt they will scurry for the house. The end. Next we have Kim. I don't have a copy of mine, but I wrote it on the um, on the website, and I was wondering if someone could read it, read it for me. Sure, I'll pull it right up. It's called "My Cat Knows." My cat knows. My human is about to have yogurt. First to the fridge, then the drawer. I particularly wait for her to finish so I can lick the container. We talk to each other the whole time. <laughs> we meow back and forth at each other. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Kim. Thank you. The next person we have is Pamela. Mine is called uh, Star. I had a little dog named Star, and he was so friendly. One day we started on a walk. And he just trotted beside me. He was, came up to my knee. And he was that high. And he started running all of a sudden. And I tried to keep up with him. 
was like, Star, where are you going? He looked so friendly running ahead of me, barking and laughing. And if a dog can bark and a dog can laugh, <laughs> he did it at the same time. Then he went running aside. He went running into this like field like and was like, Star, where are you going? All of a sudden, he jumped on something and started just playfully licking it. And I came up to him and it was a little rabbit he had in his paws. And he started, he was licking it, it, but it was struggling and trying to get away. And then I took it from him. And it was the cutest little rabbit ever, even though it was trying to get away. A really black and white rabbit. And Star all of a sudden, and started started jumping on me and was like, Star, you knew, you knew that I loved to have, I loved all kinds of animals. You knew that I needed a lift today. And thank you, thank you, thank you. The end. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Very nice. Carol has her hand raised. Thank you. The title of mine is Catching Cats. Consider that Catching Cats is a contest where the words of wisdom will win in dark, damp, depressing, and directions through tumbling tunnels and tripping traps, all ending with me in extreme exhaustion. And the cats cheerfully crowing in total comfort. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much, everybody. We'll have the next prompt for you at the end of the show. And if you are spurred to creativity by what you heard, you can go to our website and enter your response to our prompt as well. So now I will introduce our guest speaker, our workshop leader for today, Annie Chiapetta. Since 1998, Anne's poems, creative nonfiction, essays and fiction have appeared in print journals, online magazines, blogs, and small press reviews. Because listening to a story or a poem is reading with one's eyes, Anne strives to produce all her writing and audio for people with print disabilities including performance poetry, podcasts, interviews, and informational presentations. Anne's theme in her work as she participates in and leads several writing groups is making meaningful connections with others through writing. Anne lives in New York's historical, beautiful Lower Hudson Valley and continues to develop a mutually beneficial relationship with her assistive technology. I love that line. <laughs> We are also very proud to say that Anne is a vital part of the Writing Works Wonders writing community and a member of our advisory team. In September, Anne introduced and demonstrated and taught us part one of the audio prompting workshop right here on Writing Works Wonders. That was episode 20 and is available on our website. In addition, we now have a dedicated page on the website called Audio Prompting. It's under resources that you can find, and it has that recording, some tips, and even some images to demonstrate what Anne was talking about. 
Welcome back for part two, Annie. Thanks, Kathy. Hey, Cheryl. Hi, Chanel. Hey, Annie. Glad you're here. <laughs> Thanks. Hi, everyone. Thanks for, for bringing me back and letting me uh, elaborate on the audio prompting. I had, when I first started this, I had no idea it would become so popular. And part of the reason is because of people like you. So thanks. Sometimes when you're in these type of creative moments, you think you're all alone and no one else has experienced what you're experiencing in terms of barriers. But hey, I guess I'm not the only one. So <laughs> and, and it helps me want to do more and, and achieve more because I know other people are there trying to do and, you know, similar things. So thank you so much for the opportunity. Thank you. People who are totally blind can use audio prompting. People who are sighted also can use audio prompting. Mm -hmm. For some of us who are in that in-between world of not being able to see print anymore, and even using a, an iPad can be challenging depending on lighting, where you're at. And we're, we're unable to read Braille fluently. So it's that yes. in-between so using audio prompting could be using your iPhone or, and using uh, a recording device where either you hear a recording in your ear to prompt you, or perhaps you have voiceover on, on your device and you can go down with an arrow key or your finger and swipe right to go line for line. So there's different ways to do it. And I want you to know, Miss Annie, that I am doing it with the script today. So I'm not going to be reading the poem, but I am doing it. So <laughs> yeah. thank you. Thank you. I'm so happy. Um, it, it really is a freeing thing when you when you're when you have the tools that you that you really need and you really want to 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 make it happen. So very cool. Very cool stuff. Kathy? Yeah. Kathy, what's your experience so far? I prepared to read the poem today, and it took me quite a while to do it. So I'll talk about <laughs> it when we, we get to that. And I definitely need some coaching. <laughs> so okay. I'll be a guinea pig for the show if there aren't other folks that have practiced with the poems. And I certainly need this. You heard me stumbling earlier. I'm trying to read off my iPad. I can't always do it well. I'm not always perfect with it. And I'm hoping that this will be a tool that will help me. So it, it's really important for people of all different visual acuities, uh, even sighted people. I think it will free them up. Annie, would you read? Yes. You shared with us two poems. We posted them on their website. They're at writingworkswonders.com under resources. Then you go to the audio prompting and they're right at the top in Word and PDF. Would you read poem one for us? I'm going to ask you to read it two times. First, at both times with audio prompting, but first, could you narrate exactly what you're doing so that we can understand the process, how you do it? And you explained to us last time that everybody's got to figure out the system for them, but I think it'd be helpful to hear how you're doing it. And then the second time after that, just read it like a performance piece. Sure. I sent two poems for this particular session. The first one is by Langston Hughes, and it's called Dream Variations. Uh, and I also added one by Walter Delamere. But I'm going to talk about 
what I did to prepare myself for this particular session. So I took both poems and I copy and pasted them into one Word document. And I did this because I want my work at my fingertips. I don't want to have to be using my keyboard overly much because uh, it, it just takes up time and it becomes confusing. Uh, I want to be able to just touch a couple of keys when I need to so that I can concentrate on what I'm hearing. I'm using a laptop. I have an external keyboard. I use JAWS. Um, I have a uh, microphone headset with a little boom microphone. And I have those things set up so it optimizes the sound for me. Interestingly enough, I have the left part of the headset blocked off with a piece of foam padding so JAWS doesn't talk too much. Since the microphone is so close to the earpiece, sometimes you hear the JAWS going and that can be distracting to people and it could be distracting to me, <laughs> especially. So that's why I do that. Uh, it also helps when you record. You don't hear JAWS so much when if you're recording something from the headset onto your computer. I have this document. I haven't changed anything yet in these two pieces. And the reason why I haven't changed anything yet is because I, I want to try to change it as you know, we're here today. I picked these two poems because they're, they're short and they don't have too much to change. What I mean by change is when you, when you go through the poem, you want to let Jaws read the line to you and what, however you want it read, fast or slow or whatever. Some people set punctuation in there, verbosity settings for JAWS, um, or however you do that for another type of screen reader like NVDA. Some people don't. I tend not to use um, any punctuation with my JAWS. I just find it very distracting unless I want to proofread or something. I'm going to go through this poem, and at, at there are any times where I think the line is too long or uh, there's lots of alliteration or tongue twister type stuff. I'm going to try to break up the line in a way so that when I read it back, that I don't get caught up in any of that. Uh, so I'm going to go through the poem line by line and, and say, okay, I like that line the way it is. And a lot of times I whisper it as I do it. So I kind of try it out. Uh, this is a perfect example. Dream Variations. It says by Langston Hughes. And then there's um, the date of his birth and the date of his death. So I'm going to put that in a separate line because I don't like the way it sounds and I might trip over that. I'm going to put his date of birth and death after his name. And I'm going to take away the parentheses because I don't really need the parentheses. He was born in 1902 and he died in 1967. So that's just something for me to put in my brain so that I, I maybe remember that. I won't have to be mindful of that line when I'm reading. So then I'm going to go line by line to fling my arms wide in some place of the sun, to whirl and to dance till the white day is done, then rest in cool evening beneath the tall tree. So these lines are very short and very succinct. So I'm just going over to make sure I understand the lines themselves and, and what the words are. So I don't miss the connotation or the context when I go and I perform it. Sometimes... The smaller words, the, the adjunctive words like at or of or on, sometimes they're not so clear with JAWS. So I'd like to go over to make sure I'm getting the right ones. So that's just a very short uh, example of taking whatever you're reading and putting it in a new document, making sure that when you practice it, 
that you're comfortable with the words, first of all, that if you need to break the lines up because they're too long, you can do that. Uh, you could pretty much do whatever you want to make it easy for you when you recite this or you perform it. And some things are going to be a lot easier than others. I think poetry in itself, it, it yearns to be read out loud. So there's an advantage there. Long prose is different. And I'll, we'll talk about long prose after I do this. So that's great. That's really helpful. Now, if you could tell us as you're turning on a recording or your voiceover or you're hitting pause, if you could narrate that, that'd be great. Sure. I have a, I have a laptop that has built-in recording app. So uh, if I have this ready, that's what I'll do. I'll go and I'll, I'll get my voice recorder set up. And I'm going to be alt-tabbing between the two things. So this is where it gets confusing. You have to practice this. I want to make sure my cursor on the poem is where I want it to be. Because when I alt-tab to the voice recording app and hit the record button, I'm going to alt-tab back to the document. Does everybody understand that? So I'm going to be switching back and forth between the two apps on my computer. So between the Word yeah. document and the, the audio recorder. So I hit play on the audio recorder. But before I hit play, I'm going to make sure that my keyboard is quiet. Uh, if, you, if you have a keyboard and you use a rubber layover, that helps quiet the keyboards a little bit. You can buy those little custom rubber layovers so you don't spill on your keyboard and stuff. They actually help quiet your keys. You could use a towel or a pillow over your hands. <laughs> because you're going to be arrowing and doing alt tab. So you're going to have a little bit of keyboard noise. I will do that. Now I have my, my microphone in the right place. And my headphones are comfortable. And so I don't, I make as little noise as possible while you're moving around because every little movement is going to be caught by that mic because it's a, it's a boom mic. So I get all that stuff done and I go through a dry run to make sure I'm alt tabbing and I'm getting to those two specific documents. I, I, you know, close off my Outlook and all my other apps on my computer. So only those two will be going back and forth. And then once that's done, I'm ready to read. So I'm hit the record button and then alt tab to the Dream Variations by Langston Hughes, 1902 to 1967. To fling my arms wide in some place of the sun, to whirl and to dance till the white day is done. Then rest in cool evening beneath a tall tree while night comes on gently, dark like me. That is my dream to fling my arms wide in the face of the sun, dance, whirl, whirl till the quick day is done. Rest at pale evening, a tall slim tree Night coming tenderly, black like me. The end. Then I would alt tab and uh, hit the space bar to end the recording. And that's how it's done. Do we have any questions from our participants about this process? Hey, Annie. Hello. Hello. So I, a couple of questions come to mind. Yes. Hello from one Annie to another. Yeah, um, I, I know as a, a voiceover person, I've noticed that people do this frequently, but a few questions come to mind. Like when you're public speaking and I know a lot of, pe a lot of times people say, use your hands. I, you know, I would think that 
by using audio prompting, it would make it harder to interpret or to, you know, to be expressive with your, your face or your hands. Can you speak to that? And how have you? That's gone? a great question. Yeah. You know, sometimes it's difficult to use your hands. I mean, my facial expressions are pretty good. This is what people have told me. I've had feedback from people that say my facial expressions are good. So I'm, I'm happy about that because <laughs> at least I'm not stone-faced, you know, while I'm, you know, because if the poetry is going to, or something I read is going to move me in some way, I want, I want to show that. So as terms of the hand movements or the body movements, it depends on what I'm reading. I mean, if I'm really immersed in a big chunk of prose, you know, and I'm really concentrating, I'm really probably not going to move around. But if I'm reading my poetry, for instance, I could put it on my iPhone and uh, I can move around uh, a little bit, use my hands or, you know, show, you know, make a gesture, step right or to the left as long as, long as I know I'm safe to do that. Step away from the podium because I'll have an earbud in and I'll have my phone in my hand. So that frees me up, but not in every circumstance. It has to really depend on what I'm doing. But that's a good question. Yeah. And do you, like when you were just reading that poem, do you all um, make sure that the JAWS software, you know, just so that I understand, do you do it in the rhythm in which you're going to read, or do you tend to do it faster or slower than what you're going, than, than the um, rhythm in which you're going to read the? So how fast or how slow does JAWS read? Is that what you mean? Yeah. Like, do you read Compared it right in what... rhythm with JAWS? Oh, yes. Actually, no, <laughs> I don't. Cause I have my JAWS, you know, JAWS is a flat toned thing. And I think in a way I like that because then it gives me the freedom to put the context and the connotations in the way I think they should be read in the poem. So I'm just using it as a way to, you know, to remind me of what I'm going to say, but how I say it is completely different than how I hear it in Jaws. Amazing. It sounds like that you're, this is something that you're going to cover later on, but I'm curious if you use this for longer form reads as well. Well, I try, but the thing with longer form reads is there's a lot of preparation for them. Yeah, a lot. And like, like a 1500 word essay takes me days to edit in a way where I know the flow is going to be okay. It's a lot, a lot of work. Poems are so much easier. Yeah, they beg to be read aloud and that makes it so much easier. <laughs> there is a level of memory and practice. It, it's not as if I'm not using my memory or anything. I just... Mm-hmm try to not overuse my memory. Uh, someone was talking to me about using this when she's playing the piano. It's not like she can turn the pages and read it in Braille. So it's something she's going to try too, which this is so amazing, isn't it, Annie, that we're touching so many people. We, Like you said, you didn't realize how many people would be touched by this. So this is really special. Mm-hmm. Okay, next we have Marlene. Hi, Annie. When you're reading, are you actually listening to the to the jaws at the same time you're reading? Because you didn't have uh, pauses in between the sentences, or you just know the poem so well that you were able to do that. I actually listen to the jaws uh, like a moment before I speak. The last word of the line, I, I'm hearing it right before I'm speaking it. Sometimes I'm actually I'm listening a few lines ahead before I speak because short lines, like I said, one word lines, things like that, you can practice it so that you can advance through the piece and make those lines resonate and, you know, and be ahead of yourself a little bit. You have to, hmm. it takes practice to do that. But yeah, I'm listening to the, what's going on right before I'm speaking. Now, that's the hardest part to be able to 
train your brain, your auditory mechanism inside your head to be able to do that. It's, it takes, it takes time. I'm sure because I have hearing loss and I have to have it quiet. It would probably involve pausing. For that would be okay. You know, pausing okay. is, is, you know, it, it, it's actually what you, you may think it's the pause is too long and may actually be effective for what you're reading. Yeah. Um, the only, the only way you would be able to know, I guess, you know, for you to judge whether that's too much of a pause or not is to record and go back and listen to it and say, oh, okay, that wasn't so bad. Cause usually it's not as long as you think it is. Marlene, when mm-hmm. I do a practice shortly, when we start doing some practices on the air with Annie, you're going to hear that's the way I did it was I spoke, I listened, I spoke. So there's pauses. I have pauses in the way I did it. So you can hear the way I did it because I'm a beginner at this. So you can see how I did it. See what you think. Practice, practice, practice. <laughs> Go ahead, Alice. Annie, I'm wondering if you can tell us at what speed you have jaws. I know that will vary for each person, but... With your experience and all the time you've given to this, I'm just curious at what speed you have your jaws. And then I'm so glad you mentioned practice and memory because I don't know how many people could do this as a cold reading. I think that it is that triple combination of practice, reading, and uh, memory along with the prompting that one would receive. Alice, I usually have the verbosity set at about 60%. um, And sometimes I slow it down to maybe 50 or 55. But I've got to say, once I have something familiar to me, once I've read it through a few times and I know, and I think I know it enough, I can listen to the jaws much faster. The first few times, sometimes I do slow it down or go word by word or line by line. Many years ago, I was so interested and grew up in journalism and Jessica Savage, I don't know how many of you remember her. She was an outstanding CBS reporter who was cited, and she died much too young in a terrible accident in 1983 in October, and she was the first person that I had ever heard of, and again, she was always cited during her lifetime. She used this technique for delivering her reports on the CBS Evening News or whichever other news broadcast that she participated in. And and that was the first time I had ever heard of this. Our next hand is from Carol. Thank you. That's so interesting. One of the things that I've seen in trying to practice is the reading and memorizing and doing that kind of um, to read out loud is what a difference it's made in my writing and then doing the revision. And if I'm reading it out loud, what a difference that makes in what I change. And just you had mentioned that or in your other when you talked last time. And I it just struck me. And I wanted to say that. Thank you for that. Cool. Also, I rely a lot on memorizing. And of course, I'm, I'm doing poetry, so I'm not reading long things. And also, it's things that I've written. So what do you find when you're doing your own, own for example, poetry or doing work of your own and reading it out loud, presenting it? Do you go, have to go through the same process or do you change it a bit since it's things that you've written and you 
have inside yourself. Thanks, Carol. Those are great questions. Yeah. If it's something that I've written myself or that I've performed many times, you tend to memorize more and more and more. I guess the answer is the more I practice something, whether it's mine or someone else's work, the less I need to rely on the audio prompting, but I still have it there just in case I need it. I may, I may go through it with what I'm uh, performing, but I may not be listening so actively, selectively tuning out, you know, what I don't really need. So yeah, and that, that takes practice too. I don't want to not have it there if I need it. I don't want to rely on it so much, especially if I'm concentrating on the performance part. And there are a few poems that I do know by, by memory, but not many. <laughs> so I'm not good at it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I'm going to step yeah. in because time is flying. Oh my goodness. We yeah. might want to go on to the practicum. Yeah. Do we have anybody that's prepared to try reading the poem out loud beside Annie? I heard Kathy was. Yes, Kathy Kathy is. But but if there's anybody else, I'd be glad to give them a chance. Oh, my goodness. There are no hands. Everybody's so eager. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Oh, boy, you folks are something else. All right. (laughs) Here we go. All right. So what I did, Annie... Uh, for for better or for worse, I like to use my iPad and I couldn't get voiceover mm-hmm. to slow down enough for me. And so I recorded it in my own voice. And then I went in and edited it and put in big pop. So I, I'm on Zoom with my iPhone and I've got the recording on my iPad. So I've got a Bluetooth headset that I'm talking to you through. And then on the iPad, I've got a earbud plugged in. So you should not hear the recording I'm listening to. Let's see how I do. Poem one, Dream Variations by Langston Hughes, 1902 to 1967, to fling my arms wide in some place of the sun, to whirl and to dance till the white day is done, to rest a cool evening beneath a tall tree while night comes on gently dark like me that is my dream to fling my arms wide in the face of the sun dance whirl whirl till the quick day is done rest at pale evening a tall slim tree, night coming tenderly, black like me, the end. Bravo. Yeah. Were the pauses too long? No. Gave me shivers. That poem just, oh, that poem is just so powerful and you did so well. Okay. I, I practiced, I tell folks on the air here, I practiced that between reading it then I had it all blown up real big on my iPad so that I could read it off there. And I read it aloud. And then I practiced it in this method probably three times. So it probably took me an hour, but I prepared both poems in that hour. The second one is much harder. <laughs> yes, great. I, I think that, that your pacing was great because this, this poem kind of demands that people be mindful about how they perform it because it is so powerful. And to rush through it would be 
would not be good for the poem at all in terms of its power. So I thought that your pacing was great. I think that what I saw with this is that poetry does lend itself to it, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. of the pauses built in. And that's why I inserted myself in, and mentioned to Marlene that she would hear me doing those pauses and that what I was doing. <clears throat> I'm going to unplug the earbud so that maybe you'll be able to hear my iPad. So you're going to hear the iPad talk and I'm going to talk right after it. So I'll just do a couple of phrases. Poem one. Dream variations. Dream by variations Langston by Langston Hughes. 1902 to 1967. 1902 to, to 1967. To fling my arms wide. In some place of the sun. In some place of the sun. Could you hear that? Yeah, yeah. So that gives an idea of what somebody was asking about. That for me, as a beginner, that's how I'm doing it. That's a system I develop. Wonderful. And so as soon as I hear it, I speak it. I, there's a tiny pause, and then I can listen to the next phrase. That's wonderful, so. Kathy. That's great. That's great. And it works for but, you. Totally well, works for you. I think everybody but, has to figure out which apps they would use and how they would mm-hmm. do it. I'm also thinking that I'd like to figure out how to, I used to do a lot of keynote speaking, and I just look up at the PowerPoint and read a phrase and talk. Well, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> because I can't see the PowerPoint up there and I can't depend on even seeing it on a screen in front of me because I would be walking all over and waving my hands and gesturing and talking to people and I think this technique if I could figure out how to start and stop it on a cell phone and I could have my prompts as to equivalent of what I'd be looking at at a PowerPoint this might be the way I could do keynotes again. I've done um, PowerPoints I have some some things I can talk to you about. Oh, cool. Well, that might be another, I'm sure people be interested. (laughs) This has been great. There's not enough time. It's something that we know know now. We could do this longer. We could do a series on these, have a part three. Okay, everybody, as always, I am so honored and thrilled to be with you. We're all so glad you're here. And Annie, thank you so much for being here with us. I want to share the, I'll, I'll be honest. I don't remember what the prompt was that I put in the schedule for next week. And I can't find it because I deleted it after I put it in the schedule. So I am going to create one for you. For any of you who have, were on the round robin and were part of Home Home on the Ranch or Destiny, this is a time that you can elaborate on your character. So take a hundred words and elaborate on your character or, and then there'll probably be a prompt. We'll get back to you on that. (laughs) Oh, gotta have laughter. Love all of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're all fabulous. Thank you, Chanel. Thank you, Larry. Thank you, Annie. And I have a fabulous co-host too. And and love, love, love to all of you. And Kathy, you want to close us out? So we'll post that prompt and the one that's going to be in the ACB community as soon as we unearth it all on our website at writingworkswonders.com. Don't miss next Friday, 1 p.m. Eastern, we'll be interviewing Peter Altschul, who's a blogger, author, and podcaster. We're very happy to have him on the show next week. Thank you, everyone, for making this another amazing episode. It's such a privilege to be working with Annie on this. And today, a big thank you to Annie for spending time with us. Be sure to visit writingworkswonders.com for these show notes, resources, and bonus content. 
you will also find many opportunities to write and participate in WritingWorks Wonders events there. All opportunities to participate in our Zoom calls, contests, writing prompts, and open mic events are available through our Contact Us page. Click Contact Us on the website. We also have a donate button, which provides several ways for you to show your support for WritingWorks Wonders. We're fortunate that all our staff volunteers their time and skills, but we still have tech expenses to pay to bring this show to you. We don't receive any compensation for this work. Thank you for any and all donations that we have received and those in the future, small and large. You may contact Cheryl and Kathy through the Contact Us page, email us at writingworkspodcast at gmail.com, and phone or text message us at 347-467-0221. Above all else, we want you to be encouraged, inspired, and enjoy the wonder of writing. We look forward to being with you next time. Thank you for joining us today at Writing Works Wonders. Kathy and I are thrilled to spend time with you. Now tap on that button that says subscribe so you will not miss our show. We also have a donate button and that's to help with the expenses that Kathy and I incur in order to keep this show and podcast going. There's a link there that you can tap on that will take you directly to our website at www.writingworkswonders.com. There you will find all the information we talked about today along with show notes and so much more. We want you to feel encouraged and inspired to know the wonder of writing. And until next time, our friends, keep on writing. Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and do not necessarily reflect views held by the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff.